Welcome back to Kindly Gifted. I'm your host, Kate Tarantiba, and I can't wait to unwrap the world of creativity with you. Each week, I'm hashtag gifting you two episodes with ways you can become fluent in the business of creativity and learn the best-kept industry secrets to creating content worth remembering. Sound good? All right, let's dive into it. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hello, hello, hello. So I'm editing this episode right now and I realized I should probably give you a couple heads up about some things. Um, first things first, there will be no good segment on this episode because you'll see that the chat Tanisha and I have, I mean, we don't hold back. <laughs> Honestly, this is the probably the best like first guest I could have ever asked for on Kindly Gifted Podcast. Um, the conversation is so real, so raw, so honest. And I've never seen anyone talk about rates this way, um, especially not for free. So why 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 put any distractions before that? You know, let's just get get right into it. Um, the other thing is you will hear me say momentarily that you can actually tune into this as a visual podcast episode. And I have included the link for the YouTube video in the show notes. So if you prefer to watch this um, or if you enjoy visual podcasts or if you just want to get to know Tanisha and myself a little bit better since you've mainly just been listening to me the whole time, um, you are more than welcome to click the link and watch this episode as well. So consume it how you prefer. But yeah, I'm so excited to introduce you to Tanisha and dive into this amazing episode and hopefully you learn something download it, take notes. Like I'm telling you, the tea is piping hot. Let's get into it. Welcome back to Kindly Gifted Podcast. I'm so excited. This is going to be the first visual episode. Um, I've always wanted to do Kindly Gifted as a visual podcast. So this is like first step towards that evolution. Um, furthermore, it's not exciting just because we're doing a visual episode, but we actually have a guest. We have Tanisha Cherry, who is an influencer, um, and we're going to be hopping on to talk about all things rates, especially during the holiday partnership season. Um, Tanisha actually gave me the idea for this series, so thank you so much. Um, I'm so pumped. We were talking about like creator struggles and things that people might be dealing with, and she was like, oh, I have a list. Sent me an entire video message of all the things and they were all holiday themed. And I was like, oh, we have to do a holiday series. So you're the only person fun. that I will sit here and give a breakdown like that to you for free. I love you so much. <laughs> I love that. Um, so to give Tanisha a proper introduction, although I hope that you will also introduce yourself, um, is that Tanisha is an influencer and she's a content creator. She shares moments in her life, and her goal is to inspire marginalized millennial women to live beyond the glass ceiling. I love that. I'm actually reading this from my notes, which Tanisha sent me, and I read that statement, and I was like, this is 
so powerful. And yeah, I love that. But um, could you actually tell us a little bit more about yourself, how you got into the influencer journey? And yeah. I just want to say that I I reworked that whole bio for you because you know what's the funny part about being a content creator or getting into this industry is you have an idea, but you don't have a full picture. It's like you have one little puzzle piece and puzzle piece and you're putting the you're finding the pieces and then you're putting them together as you dive more into the industry and that's pretty much what I did with that bio that last part about the glass ceiling I was like this is gold like where did I come from I'm so smart (laughs) no but it's good but it also like just matches your energy so well so I was talking Mm -hmm. on stories earlier to like introduce you in a bit and I was like she's a shark like I remember you my first live and you were like this is what you should do. This is the advice, blah, blah, blah. And you were just like, so like go getter. And I love that. So I feel like that describes you like perfectly chef's kiss. Yes. You guys, I am Tisha Cherry. I am a content creator as well as an influencer um, based here in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. I started in the industry back in about 2015, 2016, really diving into my blog, TishaCherry.com to really put my foot in, you know, put my foot on the scene because I've always been into social media since the beginning of YouTube days. I always like, I have old videos from then that I would never share with anybody. <laughs> Me and my room. We all my have twin, that. We all have that. My, <laughs> on my twin size in my love pink sheets and everything. Uh, talking about like reality show recaps and stuff because I was seeing people <laughs> do them and I was like, oh my gosh, I could totally do this. But because I'm also people wouldn't know this about me but I'm like a person that's very shy growing up Mm. I was like deathly shy like it would completely paralyze me so when I started like really exploring social media YouTube and blogs I wanted to get into it but I was too shy because you know comments from like my peers family members people just didn't understand it at the time and thought it was a waste of time it was weird to really put yourself um out on the internet like that and because of my upbringing I've always been a very private uh person my background is Jamaican Mm -hmm. Jamaican people are very I think just culturally uh we're just very there's just certain things you keep to yourself so for me I really just you know I tried to tap into it I didn't because I was shy and I was just too concerned about other people's opinions. So I just became a, just a viewer and an audience and community member to various communities. And it wasn't until 2015, 2016, when I moved out of my family home into moving downtown with a friend at the time as a roommate, getting a place and being on my own. I really gave myself a pep talk on, okay, what do I want to do with my life? What are the mm-hmm. things I want to experience? Who do I want to be? And I was at a part at a time in my life when I was at a huge transition. I just felt like all my friends were very toxic. I felt like the party scene that I was in was very toxic. I felt like social media for me was very toxic at the time, uh, just because of my circle. And I really took the time that, you know what, I need to move. I need to move from my family home. I need to be hundred percent independent and I need to be able to carve out exactly what I want to do and find out who Tanisha is, what she likes to do, even if I have to do it by myself and that's okay. Mm. And not letting that fear stop me, you know, but moving through it. So while I was in this transition, this journey, I like stopped talking to all my family and friends. <laughs> like just oh my God, she's like full cut off. It's I over. To. I abruptly just, and some of the people, it wasn't even like I was in any sort of discourse with people. It was just evaluating those relationships and if they were bringing me joy in any way or, you know, any positivity in my life. And a lot of them mm-hmm. weren't and not, 
And some of them weren't relationships where it was like, it was people being mean to me or shady. It could just be something like one of my friends can be just a complete gossip. And it's like, every time I talk to her, she's telling me something bad about someone else or carrying news about what other people think about me. That's negative. So it was just a compilation of things like that. So I just cut everybody off and I just started, you know, diving into the internet further. And I came across a blogger and influencer, my favorite, Sasha Exter. She's based out of Mm -hmm. Toronto. She's lifestyle wellness, really into fitness content. And I was like, there is a black girl in Canada. She's in Toronto and she is out here killing it. And this was at the very beginning stages of her blog. And I, Mm -hmm. I was just so fascinated. So me seeing someone that looked like me based in the same country as me, doing it I was like oh I want to do this so I had reached out to her initially to ask her to be like a mentor but then I thought about it like what do I need mentoring in I don't even know what my destination or my life path is with this so I don't want to waste her time but pretty much I just asked her a general question like you know how do you get invited to all the events that you go to like how do you get these opportunities and she you know just kind of gave me a rundown saying you know reach out to some local PR companies in your city see what events are happening if there's any store openings that you see reach out to them by email and just start making those connections and that was so valuable and I took that information ran with it Um, started getting really heavy into Twitter and connecting with other um, bloggers at the time because it wasn't really influence Instagram influencers but like really bloggers at the time I was connecting with a few of them here in Calgary and I met up with one who's really one of my really good friends um, Ryan he's I'm Mr. Fabulous on every platform and we connected (laughs) and you know we met up one time for like tea literally we went for David's tea and I just thought it was a hangout, you know, it's a new person, this industry that I want to meet, like, I just want to make friends at this point. And the first thing Mm -hmm. he said to me was, so girl, what's happening with your blog? Like, what's happening? What's shaking? Like, what are you doing? I love that. Like, he pushed you from day one. He was like, and then he was just like, and he's like, like, what are you trying to do? And I was like, oh, I didn't know we were talking business, but okay. And, you know, I was just telling him, like, I see all these cool events you guys are doing. You're getting free product and all these things. Like, I want to do that. And he pretty much just gave me the whole rundown of what, who the PR companies were in the city, what their contacts were, how to reach out to them, events that were coming up. And I, again, I took that and I completely ran with it. So that's pretty much how I got my start. And that's pretty much how I've been able to sustain, um, my career as a content creator, because any little information I come across, whether it's from any of my peers, you know, brand partners that I work with, you know, people like you, I take that information and I dive like 110% into it to get like everything I can out of it. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. Like, first of all, you caught out all these toxic people. And then the universe was like, here are these amazing people that are going to contribute value into your life and are going to help you. And I also am incredibly shocked because, and I don't know if this is like a Canada versus US thing, but like during this exact same time, gatekeeping here was like hella strong. So you would go to influencers and ask for advice and people would just be like, well, you, you need to pay me for that. Or they'll give you some vague, like very vague advice that you leave even more confused than you when you entered to ask the question. And so I love that you found people that were just genuinely like, here's what's going on. Like they had nothing really to gain by giving this information. They had nothing really to lose by giving you this information, but they were just like, this is somebody that wants to be in the industry. We're going to welcome them into the industry. And I, I love that so much. 
Thank you. I did eventually, you know, with the toxic people thing, I did eventually, you know, once I found my grounding, I did go back, reflect on, obviously I, I started talking to my family again. That one didn't last very long. <laughs> Mama Cherry ain't having that. Mama Cherry ain't having that. Girl, why are you ain't picking up your phone? Like okay. she will torment me. Um, but friends wise, I feel like I, you know, I, I brought back a couple of two, you know, two or three, and then maybe took one out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. yeah. You know, I have Reassess. a lot from that, pa- a couple from that past life that have, um, that are still with me presently today. So, you know, sometimes you just have to do that. <laughs> do you actually like, do you, are you an influencer full time? Do you have like a side hustle or a day job, nine to five situation? Or is this like you're going all in full time? This is what you do for your career. I have a full-time job. Um, okay. I've always had a full-time job as well as being a content creator. I don't like to look at it as a side hustle or as a part-time because I feel like it's it's more, it's more, I feel like it's more of my full-time job than my actual full-time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I am looking in the next couple of years, two to three years, hey, it might be even next year, who knows, to completely dive in full-time to being a content creator. I am a Taurus and if you guys know anything about astrology, um, earth signs we're very level-headed we don't like yes, we are risk. we don't like change and we really like to minimize the risk in any situation when we're about to tap into something else so for me there's just a few things that I would like to be I would like my life to be at before you know dumping jumping headfirst in so that you know when I jump headfirst in it's just not a sense of I'm going a week and I'm not doing anything. So I need to get into the routines of consistently posting across my platforms, having a routine, building my team um, and just, you know, working on those things because I kind of feel like in my mind, if I can't do this, you know, as far as I can having a full time, what is having more time going to really give me, you know, more time to do nothing. (laughs) Correct. Right. Exactly. You know, so for me right now, and also I like my full-time job. I like it. Um, It's very straightforward. It's not something that's complicated. I just, I literally email people all day. My, um, I work in finance and pretty much like it's the purpose, um, sorry, it's the perfect job that complements me being a content creator. It's not a creative um, role. It's very black and white with everything that I do. I'm sending out emails. So it's a lot of um, great time to downtime for me to work on my content creator stuff. And just, you know, it's not a tug and pull. Like I don't leave work at the end of the day feeling like exhausted where I can't come home and create content or hop on social media. And it's not one of those jobs where it's like, I can't use my phone all day at work, you know? So for me, I'm just like- that's so nice. Exactly. I'm just like, so for me, I'm just like, why am I in a rush to leave? I get paid great here. (laughs) Yeah. And you're not, like you said, you're not in a role that's like taking energy from you that you can't then bring to your content creation journey. It's like, this job is simple. I get it. It's, there's like, it's not necessarily taking from this side of me anything. Mm -hmm. So you kind of can have a true balance. Yeah. I definitely second the whole, like, if you're in a creative role, which I was in and you're also trying to build like a business or be a creator or something it's it's definitely a lot harder to do for sure it's so hard and honestly a lot of the influencers that I have that I look up to some of them have full-time jobs like career jobs like one of my friends she's a biologist you know another one is a nurse (laughs) the other one is I don't even she works in like education so 
I see these girls killing it, you know, with large followings making, you know, 200 to $300,000 a year from brand partnerships on some of them are married. Some of them have kids, you know, on top of having a whole full-time career. And I'm just like, if y'all can do it, I can do it. You know, I can definitely do this. And it's been working for me so far. Yeah, that's awesome. Speaking of money, that's what we came here to talk about. Um, I know. (laughs) You have, so you have like so much experience being an influencer. You've done this a long time. You are very strategic in the sense of how like you establish your rates. You don't care to negotiate. You're like, I don't, this is my money. Like I'm going to go after if I need to go after it. And so I thought this was like the perfect episode to bring you on to because you're really like entrenched in the full-time influencer culture of also then establishing your rates and like how to go about that process. So not holiday season. How would you advise somebody to establish their rates? Like what goes into knowing how much you should charge? Do you start researching like what other people are charging and then like find your footing in that? Or do you charge hourly? Do you charge your worth? Like what is the way that you would recommend somebody to approach like establishing their rates as a content creator? I think the first thing you need to do is change your mindset around money. And especially with this industry being predominantly women, you know, for some reason, well, not for some reason, but culturally and socially, (laughs) we're conditioned to not feel comfortable talking about money, not um, knowing what our value is when it comes to being compensated. Uh, Right. No, we're put into the stereotype that we're nurturing beings that will just do things just for the sake of it. Nah, that's not how we run our businesses. And that's not how entrepreneurs make money. So we need to change our mindset there. And then the next thing you have to think about when you are setting your rates is number one, what life are you trying to live? Okay. I just moved into a two bedroom to a one and a half apartment, one and a half bath apartment. I'm on a really high floor. I pay for underground bar parking. I live in the city. I have a car. I like to go on fabulous trips. I like expensive things. I like to go out to eat. You know, I like to go Mm -hmm. get my hair done. I went and dyed my hair the other day. It cost me $250. Didn't think about it. This is the life I want and more. So when you put those things into perspective, those things cost money. Okay. And these are the things you need to think about when brands are reaching out to you saying that they want to work with you on a gifted basis or in kind or in exchange for product. Like all of that is not going to pay for what I just listed. So you got to put that into your mindset. And then the third thing, when it comes to mindset, you also have to think about how much time and effort you're also putting into creating your content. Because as much as I love working on a brand partnership, because it's like a new creative challenge. It's another way to work with somebody. You're building those relationships. It's getting you to that next step. It is also a bit of an inconvenience. Okay. Because I can be creating content Mm -hmm. for myself that I truly love, that I truly adore. That's a hundred percent of my realm. You know, that's a passion project versus having to now make all these alterations and adjustments based on a brand and a PR person. Okay. So time is money. (laughs) The time that I'm spending working on your thing, I could really be growing my thing over here. So Mm -hmm. when you put that all into perspective, you want to get paid. Now, as an influencer, you can start making money at any following size. I need people to stop thinking that because they only have a thousand followers or 500 followers that they shouldn't be compensated for the work that they're putting in. You see that? Yeah. And I want you guys to like, if you heard this, play it back because this is so (laughs) true. 
need a hundred thousand followers. You don't need 500,000 followers. You don't even need 10,000. I remember when I was working as an influencer, I was monetizing with 4,000 followers and I was making as much as influencers that had a hundred thousand followers. So you absolutely do not need to, you need to have a goal and strategy. Exactly what Tanisha is saying. Sorry to interrupt you. No worries. A hundred percent because that phone that you're using costs money, that Wi-Fi, you know, when you're driving to these shoot locations, when you have a friend shooting for you and you buy them lunch in exchange for it, when you hire a photographer, all those things cost money. So let's mm-hmm. talk, let's bring it down to the actual numbers. Cause that's what people want to talk about. And that's what people never mention. You know, they give you all this mindset fluff and then they're, you're like, okay, great, great. And they're like, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, manifest it and like attract it into your life and just you know be the fabulous woman you are and you're like I'm fabulous and I have bills so okay that's all the pieces okay so for starting out when it comes to numbers um I think you should also always establish like a base rate like this is like just your starting you know this is what you build Mm -hmm. from so on Instagram you can look at your following and what you can do is charge. You can start at 4% of your following for an in-feed. That's starting. Half of that amount can be for a story. So that's your starting amount. But then you think into perspective, okay, do I have to hire, do I hire a photographer? Some people work with a photographer. Some people don't. When I first started, um, started working out, me and my girlfriends would shoot each other. Um, other influencer friends, it was fine. Sometimes it was inconsistent. Sometimes it was more time consuming because not everyone's really great at taking photos, even if they are an influencer. Surprise, surprise. And, <laughs> you know, sometimes you want, uh, you want that help. I now actually work with two photographers. I can shoot myself, same quality. I don't have the time for this, okay? So it's okay. Right. Cause we're going to charge it back to the brand. So if your photographer is charging you a hundred dollars, $200, $300 for the hour of shooting with them, you add that onto your base rate. So you have your base rate that you calculated, you add in your photographer fee round up, sis round up. There's always an admin <laughs> fee and everything that you buy in life and taxes. You add that in there round up. Yeah. Um, yep, yep, yep. And then if the client think- sucks. We also add on an asshole. Fee. <laughs> uh, that's a real thing, by the way. We'll talk about it in another episode, but that is definitely a real thing. Oh Clients my God, I love that. For too many things, too many corrections. You, you tack on an asshole fee and there's, there's ways that you can predict that, but I'm going to uh, let you, uh, I call that one of my additional admin fees. So you add on, your oh, sure. yeah, you, they don't need to know that they're paying yeah. for being a dick. Yeah, they don't, they don't need to know that. So you add on that photographer fee um, and then you take into account, okay, is this being shot in my house? Is this being shot mm-hmm. out, out off location? If it is, you want to consider, you know, how far the distance is. Is it something that you have to pay to get into? Do you have to pay for dark parking when you're on site there? You're putting it, you're adding up all these costs. And then also you want to think about the turnaround time. Mm-hmm. As I mentioned, I have a full-time job. Right now I'm rotating being in the office and being at work. So if this campaign falls on a week that I'm in the office, I need two weeks because I just, I'm thinking of daylight. I'm thinking about how tired I'm going to be and all that stuff. So I need two weeks. You know, if it's a week that I'm at home, 
I'm a lot more flexible. But these are the mm-hmm. things that you want to put in perspective, um, the turnaround time. Sometimes, especially during the holidays, you will get a crazy turnaround times like 24 hours. That has happened to me. <laughs> so yep. these are the things you want to charge extra. When you're thinking about charging extra, I always say start at 250 and start increasing from there. <laughs> yeah, that's very um, smart because people are undercharging the house down boots yeah. people will charge their base rate and brands will just take it like 40 bucks no. okay okay oh, no. you want to yep. start adding in um so those turnaround times whether you're gonna whether you need to hire an additional person and maybe it's just a friend but they don't need they don't know that they don't know that it doesn't matter friends you want to take them out to eat too whatever mm-hmm. the case is so you know if you have someone helping you if it's off-site if you have to buy any sort of props and anything those are all things that you want to account for and again round up and then when you get your total number you round up again <laughs> <laughs> yeah this you is know you round up they're outsourcing like yeah if they wanted to do it themselves they should hire a creative to do this for them but they're paying you so like yeah why not so, Exactly. So then when you get your total number, you round up again. I always like to add in, you can add in an additional 250 to $500 on there because what you have to also think about is that the rate that you go in there is what they're going to try to negotiate you down from. In the event that they don't negotiate you down, it means that you didn't charge enough and they had more in their budget and they're just going to say, okay, if you say it's a thousand dollars and they say, okay, no problem. Sis, that means maybe you should have went in with 2000 and worked it way down and saw what Ladies, happened. listen <laughs> up. We leave so much money on the table. It's ridiculous. So much money. I was actually saying that in my clubhouse room today because um, one of the um, hosts was talking about how she got an opportunity today. And she's like, yeah, I gave them like this crazy number. And they said, okay. I'm like, you know what that means, right? And she's like, what? And I'm like, should have charged more, sis. And she's right, like, right, right. oh, dang, I didn't even think of that. She's like, next time, it's still a good number. But those are the things you want to think about. And this is why it's important to not be so thirsty to throw your rate out there when people ask for it, because you need to know all that information Mm -hmm. before you can give them an estimate. You know, it's not. So if a makeup company reaches out to you and say, hey, we want you to do um, an in-feed post for our foundation, what's your rate? You don't throw out the rate. You ask questions. Okay, well, is this something that you want natural lighting? Is it something that I can do with the backdrop, like YouTube style kind of thing? Does it require, is it a static photo? Is it a carousel? Is it a dynamic post? Is it a reel? Because again, those all change everything that I just told you about. Um, Exactly. So you want to get all those, that information. And sometimes, um, well, I always ask for now is a campaign brief because they usually have one of those. Uh, sometimes yeah. they won't give it to you before you, um, you know, you say that you're you can do it, but sometimes they will, but ask for it anyways, ask all your questions. It's fine. If you have to go back and forth through email five or six times or pick up a phone call yeah. and get more into it. But again, you do not want to shortchange yourself because, and the thing is, I never had a brand actually like, you know, act weird about me asking questions. They're always really gracious about it. And, you know, I tell them just from jump in order for me to give you an accurate, as close to an accurate estimate of how much this is going to cost. I need to know how much time is going to be put in on my part, um, production and creating the content beforehand and all that stuff. So I need to know that information. I don't put the same level of work, um, into every just static in-feed photo. There's so many dynamics that change that. So you want to get all that information before you throw your rates out. And I hope you guys are not sending rate cards to anybody. If you have a rate card, throw it out. I was literally about to ask this. (laughs) I was just about to ask this. The advice that influencers get 
like standard piece of advice on rates front page of Google advice is like, you have to have a rate sheet and your media kit. And like, sometimes you send it and sometimes you don't. And that's all the advice that you're getting about establishing rates. The reality is if I was sitting here as a brand representative and Tanisha came to me and this is how she like pitched the whole money conversation and was like, these are the questions I need asked, need answered. Like, this is what I need to know about the campaign. This is what I need to know before I'm able to like provide you a comprehensive view of like how much this is going to cost. My respect for her would skyrocket. It would be like immediately. Yes. Immediately. Yes. Because like she knows how to navigate that conversation. It makes a brand also that wants to play you be like, oh, fuck, I can't. Because this person knows exactly what they're doing. And I start to respect you on the same level as me because it's like, oh, okay. Like you've taken so much of the creative process into account. You're charging for the creative process, not the bare minimum of creating content, not pulling out your phone and be like, I can shoot it myself. It's like, you're taking into account travel time, photographers, usage rights, like where you're shooting location. Oh, the we haven't idea, even gotten to the usage rights. <laughs> we didn't even get to the usage yet, but yeah. No, and people don't take this into account and brands don't ask because they're like, all right, less questions to answer for me, You're less money I can pay you. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so rate cards, like what is the deal with that? When do you send them? Why should you maybe hold off sending them? Like what's the tea on rate cards? Don't send a rate card. Should you have a rate okay. card? Yes. For internal purposes. You know, when you work in a cor corporate environment and they say this email is for internal purposes, not to be forward to anybody, <laughs> that is what your rate card is. It's for you because <laughs> honestly, I have a rate card. It's separate from my media kit. And it's just something nice that when a brand reaches out to me, this has my base rate on it. It has my rate for how okay. much I charge for my photographer. It has the line item for literally everything so that I can tally things up quicker without having like this head is big, this brain is big, but I can't trust her all the time. So I need <laughs> to have something on print to look at. So yes, have a rate card. It's for internal purposes. If anyone asks you for it, say you don't have one. I don't have a rate card. Why? Because my rates are available upon requests because they are customized to the scope of the campaign. If that sounded great, mm. it was great. So go rewind that part, write it down, memorize oh. it. <laughs> oh, if that sounded great, it was great, period. Like, yeah, that, but that's very true. I mean, that's how, you know, I would operate as an art director. Like, do I have a base hourly rate for consulting? Yeah, but like, that's going to depend. Are you going to ask me to design? Are you going to ask me to be on set? Do you want me to travel to a location? Like, there are so many different things that go into that? Like, do you want me to work with a photographer? Do you want me to pick the photographer? Do you want me to hire people? Like, there are so many different components that go into the creative process that if you just give somebody a, a, a rate and that's like a one fits all, size fits all rate, it's like, I don't, you're not thinking about certain things that you should be thinking about. You, you're just being like, oh, somebody told me I need to add this number and to my rate sheet. And then here you go like here it is. It just shows that you're not thinking deeply and you will get played and it'll be so easy to negotiate with you because you didn't think deeper about the other components at bare minimum, the bills that you have to pay with that money. Exactly. So that's starting off. That's what I like to just, you know, that's your starting off. So you give that yeah, number. And so once you give that number, after you've identified what the scope of the campaign is, you know, what they're kind of looking for, if they gave you a camp, Pain. You go, you estimate that amount, you go and hire, but you also 
add in, this is my rate for what you're asking for. Please note, <laughs> please note, this does not include usage, amplification, mm -hmm. or exclusivity and or exclusivity. Those come at an extra cost. If you are requiring that for this campaign, please let me know and I can let you know what my rate is per month for those. And that's how you go into it. Quickly going to jump in. If you are um, selling ownership rights to your content, you should also include that as a possibility. Ownership rights differ from usage rights in that usage rights are a license for the brand to use your content for X period of time. Once that period of time runs out, you do renew those rights. So if they continue using them on an email blast, Instagram, whatever, that is now illegal because it's not within the contract. You did not renegotiate the usage fee. Um, you did not renegotiate a new or renew a new time period or renew the usage rights uh, fee. Ownership rights are different in that you transfer all ownership rights of that content to the brand and then your ability to use that content as the creator is at their disposal. So now they own the rights to your content, you don't. If you are selling ownership rights, uh, please do some research because the fees are way greater than usage rights since you are giving them rights to own your content for the entirety of time afterlife, everything. Like they own it for the rest of time. Um, but usage rights and, and ownership rights, that should be a discussion between you and if you are hiring somebody else to help you create your content, um, whether that's a photographer, videographer, producer, editor, whatever, you need to discuss with them how much of the rights do they own and what the breakdown of that is so that then they also get paid through that fee. So just wanted to, to jump in there and clarify that. That's actually a really good point because a lot of influencers don't think about that. That's very important to do, especially if you're using a photographer for branded partnerships. So I have, so I, as I mentioned, I have two photographers um, that I work with. Mm -hmm. uh, one of them, I do more of my street style, just fashion posts. And the other one, I do more of my branded partnership posts with. And the one that I do the branded partnership um, post with, pretty much our arrangement is that he shoots the photos on my um, SD card. So mm -hmm. he takes the photos, shoots it all on my card, gives it to me at the end of the shoot. And that's the end of it. Yeah, that's yeah, for sure. That's a conversation that yeah. like Tanisha had with her photographer is something that you need to have. I am not a lawyer. I'm not a legal expert. I'm not a legal advisor. This is not legal advice. So yeah. if you have questions about usage rights, fees, how to negotiate those things, putting them into a contract, and all yeah. of that, contact a lawyer or do some do some research in that area um, because Absolutely. a lot of it is a legal, a legal thing that you have to kind of like establish. Ask questions first, people, but definitely when you're working with a photographer, you want to have those conversations beforehand um, yeah. to see what that arrangement, that was the conversation that I had with my photographer, if that's our arrangement. Um, and yeah, and that's pretty much it. So diving into the holidays sector of this rates conversation, now that we know how to establish rates, this is probably honestly the best explanation I have heard from a social media expert, from a coach, from an influencer, from the fucking front page of Google. This right here is like golden advice. This is also how creatives establish their rates. So like I second all of everything that Tanisha said, but now that, you know, let's say you are getting a holiday partnership 
would you charge those same rates for holiday partnership? If so, why? And if you would raise them, why would you raise them? I remember you saying something about uh, raising your rates during holiday season. So like, get on your soapbox, girl. <laughs> Tell the people why they need to raise their rates. How do you go into calculating rates for the holiday season and, and negotiating and all of that? So during the holiday season, um, you definitely want to increase your rates because it's holiday season. There are so many campaigns happening. You can't do them all. Yeah. So that's um, definitely one way to decrease the amount of campaigns that you're doing is by increasing your rate. Um, mm -hmm. Holiday factors in a short turnaround time. Uh, holiday also your high in demand. You know, your demand yep. has now also gone up. And also um, with holiday, there is always a lot more to it, especially when it comes to like exclusivity Exclusivity, I feel like throughout the rest of the year is not something I really have to deal with as much, but during the holiday season, you do, because all mm. the alcohol companies want to work with you. All the electronic things want to work with you. All the sleep companies want to work with you. So you definitely want to be um, um, doubling, not double. Well, you can. I always tell people, I'm like, well, start with doubling your rate and go from there. Um, mm -hmm. you can increase it by a percentage. Some people will increase their rate from, again, anywhere from 25 to 50% uh, during the holiday season. You just want to keep in mind that during the holidays, your community is being inundated with holiday content, okay? Organic content and branded content. So you always want yep. to be aware of that ratio on your platform and also the turnaround time it's busier, it's darker outside, it's colder, like there's just a lot going on. So you definitely want to increase your um, rates during the holiday because number one, you're high in demand. Just like through, um, we saw through the whole Black Lives Matter, civil rights movement uh, during the pandemic, we saw an influx of companies now wanting to be woke and work with Black creators. What do we do? We charge our rates because we're high in demand at that time. You know, you're going right. to pay me more. So, you know, that's really what it comes down to um, during the holidays. You want to increase those rates because you should be. That's just it. <laughs> yeah. From an advertising perspective, um, raise those fucking rates during the holiday. Uh, holiday season never ends in advertising, uh, meaning that we start thinking about holiday literally from like Q1 of the year. Yeah. There's a lot that goes into holiday and creating limited edition products for the holidays, partnering up with influencers, uh, activations, storefront decorations, visual merchandising, et cetera, et cetera. All of that is part of advertising. And people start thinking about that agencies, brands from like literally day one of the year. Um, there's more budget during the holiday. Yeah, that part, yes. You also have a lot more money at your disposal that you can grab at as an influencer during the holidays because that's when things are selling for sure like brands can make back their advertising budget for the holidays a lot easier than if they were to invest during a different part of the year um so yeah uh, a tip that I like to give is just do some googling just type in a brand and then the words advertising budget and see the numbers that come up that doesn't necessarily mean that because Amazon has $7 billion devoted to advertising, which is a fact, um, it doesn't mean that you have the right to claim $7 billion. It just means that they probably have a larger 
money amount to spend on influencers, on holiday campaigns, et cetera, et cetera. So they have uh, more than the hundred dollars. Yep. They have more than the $100 that they're offering you or the free lipstick. So then compare (laughs) with what they're giving you in an email. um, And, and then just negotiate higher, but especially, yeah, like you said, for the holidays is definitely smart advice. Yes, definitely. You're higher on demand advertising dollars. um, Advertising budgets are a lot more, as you said, they're you know, the likelihood of them getting a return on their investment is a lot higher because it's buy season. Everyone's buying something before the holidays, during the holidays, after the holidays. And people are always looking for inspiration. They're on social media. They're like, hmm, that's nice. Oh, that's cute. Oh, that's on sale. Oh, I've been looking. Okay, that looks great. <laughs> Let me get one. You know, how many of us have seen something on social media and we went and we bought it? you know, and we Mm -hmm. were happy with it. Not even just that you went and you bought it, but you were happy with it and you were happy with your decision. And now you continue to look to this particular influencer or group of influencers for advice when it comes to that particular, uh, particular category of purchase. So it can be, you know, home stuff, um, maybe clothing, maybe it's food, whatever the case is. But, you know, once you find an influencer who you feel like has not done you dirty with a recommendation, there goes all your coins, you know, and that's what um, brands are looking for. There are so many influencers, you know, this is the other thing too. There's a difference between being an influencer and a content creator. You can definitely be both, but being one doesn't necessarily mean you're the other, you know, there's a lot of people Mm. that can, um, a lot of people, influencers have, uh, you know, the ability to sell out a product. Not every content, not every content creator has that ability. I know I don't have that ability, but we're working towards it. (laughs) Right, right. No, and you make great ads. Literally, like I've, you know, I've slid into (laughs) your DMs on so many occasions being like, are you fucking kidding me right now? Tanisha makes great ads. So if you're looking for inspiration on branded content, definitely look at Tanisha um, because she does a really, really great job. But yeah, I completely agree with you. Like just because you're a content creator, it's not mean you're an influencer um, because those, those are slightly different yeah they are and people think they're one and the same and no they're not they're not (laughs) no and and influencers also typically tend to talk about brands at some point obviously it's easier if you're like in the lifestyle realm or the fashion realm in the beauty realm because like you're working with products all the time anyway Mm. to create a makeup look or to style um you know an outfit or to showcase your home or your lifestyle or health or wellness, like you're involving products in your content all the time anyway. So it's a lot easier for you to like work with a brand with the goal of like increasing sales or like whatever ROI the brand has. But if you're a content creator and you're not working with brands and that's not part of your strategy, then you might be influencing people on some level, but you're not necessarily taking opportunity of selling out the product that you may be influencing or the realm that you may actually be providing influence about. So it's about being like very like strategic and active about, am I influencing people? How so? How can I monetize off of it? Like there's always a plan. Exactly. We love it. (laughs) Okay, so before I in this episode because I don't want to take up any more of your time Girl, you got my what time. is what <laughs> oh I wish everybody <laughs> said that on dates that's so nice <laughs> um, um what is one tip it can be financial because I know you have expertise on that or it can be anything else what is like one tip 
or one thing that you wish you knew when you started out as an influencer that you know now that you were like, this is the golden only piece, first piece of advice that I would give to people just starting out or like, you know, evolving into another realm or whatever. I wish, and I tell people this all the time and I know they never take this advice. Focus on building your community, okay? Don't, when you start out, and even if right now, you know, you're at a place where you're kind of lost, go back to just focusing on your community. Because through focusing on your community, you'll figure out what you like to talk about. You'll build relationships with them. You'll have that dialogue and that rapport where, you know, when you are recommending things, people are going to buy it. Those things will happen naturally as you build that relationship with people and you really connect with them from a vulnerable place. A lot of people just get started and right away they want to start working with brands, you know, they want to start shaping their content around what's who's going to pay them and how much they should be asking for. And it's like your pictures, I'm sorry, I'm going to say this, your pictures look like trash, your videos look like trash. Why don't we figure out, focus on your community and actually, you know, improving the quality of what you're actually creating and taking it day by day. I have so many people that come into our clubhouse rooms where just, you know, they'll be like, you know, any advice you can give to me, I'm really trying to work with brands and I'll look at their page and I'll be honest with them and say, look, if you were a brand and you saw your page, would you want to look, would you want to work with you? And those are the questions we need to ask ourselves. Okay. Be honest, be real. Is this something that you would put money behind? You know, right. look at your comments, look at your engagement. What else are you doing besides just Instagram? You know, right. Would you want to work with yourself? And if the answer is no, that's cool. That's a starting point. Go back, focus on building your community, focus on getting into the routine of maybe every morning you have a slogan. Like there's um, a couple influencers where I feel, I don't know what their names are, but there's this one girl that I follow, you know, every day she posts a photo from her bed with the sun coming up and she's like, good morning. You know, what did you wake up with on your mind today? And she asks that question every single day in a question box, you know, something that people can get used to and familiarize themselves. There's another influencer I know that, you know, every morning she'll post her first liter of water that she drinks. And then she posts a picture of her first cup of coffee, water before coffee, guys, you know, and things like that. And it doesn't have to be those specific things, but get into that routine of showing up every day consistently for your community, building that relationship, sharing things about yourself within reason, because we all should establish boundaries from the very beginning of things that we don't want to talk about on social. And people will respect mm -hmm. that. If you don't make a big deal about it, they won't make a big deal. And if they do, ignore them. You don't have to respond to every comment that you get or DM or repost every question that gets asked mm -hmm. to you. You really can ignore it, you know, but that's what you just need to focus on your community, improving the quality of what you're putting out there. And it's not about it being perfect. It's just being happy with it. You know, things are right. going to improve over time. If you can ask every inf big influencer that's out there and ask them what their first piece of content that they post, some of them may know, some of them may not but they're all going to say it's bad. <laughs> they're all, all going to say it's bad. And let me tell you, nobody except for me, because I'm one of those people I told you when I find something I dive in, when I find an influence I really like, I always go back to the very first post and I'll read and dissect because I want to see their growth and the things that they change it over time. But the average person's not doing that. I have almost 800 photos on my Instagram. Nobody is going to see what Tanisha posted on day one of Instagram. They don't care. <laughs> Mm -hmm. so focus on that community building and improve the quality of your content and go from there 
And, you know, as you build your community, as your photos and your videos get better, as you get more familiar with the app, um, not just from a user base, but also from a strategy base, you have more leverage when these brands approach you. You have more leverage when you want to approach them. You know what you're talking about. And, you know, they can't get by with the, let me send you a 70, I always say this, let me send you a $75 mascara in exchange for a story, two in-feed posts and a blog post. That's not going to fly with you because you're going to be like, I'll pass. You won't even negotiate it. You'll just be like, I pass. What am I supposed to do with this (laughs) mascara later? And they're like, oh, well, you know, you're going to look beautiful. And it's like, will my bank account look beautiful? I mean, like, sis, I cannot take this to the utility company, okay? Apple will not exchange this for an iPhone. (laughs) So you'll know better. So those are the things. Community, quality of your content, and then other things as you focus and you establish those things, you know, also spend time on actually educating yourself on this business of this industry. Do some research on advert on digital advertising, traditional advertising, do some research on some of the PR companies that are out there, either in your city, um, nationally, worldwide, you know, see who their roster is, start following people on LinkedIn, start following some of these people on Instagram, Twitter, and just, you know, establishing those roots and build from there. Take your time. You know, it's really truly is a marathon because, and the other thing is this industry is ever changing also, you know, so you need to get yourself in the habit. Like right as we're talking right now, things are happening. Things are evolving. Facebook is trying to change their name. Like, (laughs) listen, Mark, you're not going to get away from what you did. <laughs> right? I'm so tired of him. He's trying to change the he's trying to change the name from Facebook and I'm just like I can't. So things are always changing, but you want to get into the habit of being able to pivot effortlessly, you know? It's like, oh, they want to start doing video content. I've already been dabbling with that on my platform and I already get really great engagement or I already know my way about round in shot or final cut pro. It's like, this is nothing. So that's the other thing. And then the other thing I'd add on there is definitely find three people, um, find three people in this space that you truly admire. You could admire them for the quality of their content. You could admire the way they show up consistently and how they communicate with their community. And you can also follow them because they look like they're making a lot of money. And I say look like, because we don't know whose checks are clearing, but you know, they can. <laughs> and who's are bouncing. Like, honey, we don't know. But, you know, someone can look like they have a lot of money and that's something, there's nothing wrong with aspiring to be successful, independent, or to be a millionaire. There is nothing. No, no. And and aspiration is also how a lot of things get sold in advertising. You want to be a certain person. So you buy a product thinking you're going to become that person. Exactly. So, you know, come across three people on social and they don't always have to be in your niche or content pillar. I hate the word niche. But they don't Thank have to you. Always- <laughs> Thank you. They don't have to reflect your same content pillars. You know, they can be in a complete, you know, different realm. But you may just respect the hustle and their grind and how they're approaching these platforms and how they're doing their business. And these are the things that you want to pay attention to. You don't have to reach out to them, but you can make them like your mental mentors where you just study everything they do from the outside looking in and you make your notes, you look at what you're doing, you make those changes. And you keep just trying to implement and grow. So those are my advice. You know, I hope it works for y'all. 
I'm so glad you said all of that because mainly because I'm just happy somebody else said it. It wasn't me. (laughs) Um, Take everything Tanisha said and like literally implement it. That is how you have to show up for your community. You cannot just expect to show up to a social media platform and brands are going to want to work with you. You have to understand who you're creating for. What's the point? Who are you inspired by? It's like building a brand, right? Like write all down all the information that you get from other by following other people and what it is that you like about following them and what it is that you don't like following about them. Understand who the fuck you're creating for. Like, who are these people? Ask them questions, show up for them, create relationships with them. It's literally like I say in every single episode, these people are your friends and your job here on the internet is to be the professional mutual friend. Just like I know who you are and I'm introducing you to Tanisha, mutual friend. That's the same thing that you're doing with a brand is you have to understand who you're creating for and you have to understand the brand that you want to work with so that you can guarantee a relationship between the two. And that's when you realize like, oh, okay, I can do this. But it to get there, it takes a while because you have to understand your audience in order to then find out what brands that they would actually benefit from, what brands that you as a person benefit from sharing to them. So I just love that you said that because I feel like I'm like, tiring people with saying it all the time like I need someone else to fucking say it (laughs) I love that you said that I have to start using that about you know bridging that gap and being the mutual friend I love that so much because I always tell people I think I'm a really good person at recommending things for people because I don't look at it from you know what I like about it it's how this is going to solve a problem for you and you know I'll have people that will be like oh you should go try this restaurant why well, Why because I heard it's you? really good. And it's just like, well, everyone has different taste buds. But if you told me that, like, you know, they serve Jamaican food, they have a Jamaican fr- um, chef that's from Montego Bay. He just moved here. It's really good. It's fused with, you know, Southern food from like, you know, Louisiana and New Orleans. And there's lots of seafood. I know you like those things and it's spicy. Right. So I think you should check it out. That, I'm going to go check that out over. I heard it's good. <laughs> well, because- because I heard it's good. You can substitute any person into that conversation and the message will still read the same. Whereas if you actually describe it to cater to you, if you substituted somebody else into that conversation, they might not necessarily convey the same meaning where that person might be like, I don't like Jamaican food or I don't know anything about it or whatever. Exactly. It can only really apply to you. And that's exactly what you're doing, not just with working with brands, but like with every piece of content that you're creating, it's like brands emailing you and being like, Hey, sis, love your vibe. And you can like substitute anybody's name in that email. And it will still read the same. It's like, why do you love love your vibe? Love your, what do you love about my vibe? What do you know about me? Show that you know something about me. You're creating a friendship with these people. You're not just selling them shit. You're like Mm -hmm. building connections with them and be the friend that you would want somebody to be for you. Exactly. Someone that's always looking out. Yeah. Or whatever it is that your measure for being a friend is, you know, whether it's like giving you great recommendations, being like the walking trip advisor for you, or maybe you want somebody to like show up and like give you compliments and words of affirmation. Maybe you want that person to like help you build new habits, like whatever it is that you would want somebody to do for you as your friend maybe that's the thing that you can do for somebody else or take whatever it is that you're good at and be like, I can solve their problem. Like you said, or I can make them happy or I can entertain them or whatever and, and do that. But you're not going to start working with brands immediately 
you're going to start working with brands when you can find that one thing that your audience will always come back to you for. Oh my yeah. god, I'm so happy we did this fucking episode. Oh, I'm gonna end him. <laughs> tell tell people tell people where they can find you on social media. We're gonna link all this in the description below if you're watching and in the show notes if you're listening. So I'm gonna link all of Tanisha's handles everywhere. So you can find me at um on Instagram at Tanisha.cherry on there. That's I don't want to say my my main hub, but that's my first source. And then I have my blog, tinchacherry.com. I also have my newsletter, which you can um, join on my blog, or you can also join from the link in my bio on Instagram. And um, I have a newsletter of, I think, like, it's 300 people right now. I have one designated Woo! just for creator tips and, you know, being an influencer. We're going to about to build that out in the next uh, month or so. You can also find me on Twitter at Tanisha Cherry. You can find me on YouTube at Tanisha Cherry with an extra Y. And you can also find me on my podcast, which I'll be bringing back next month, the Cherry Lounge podcast. Very excited Woo-hoo! about that. And then also you can catch me on Clubhouse three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday under the Creator Lounge Club, pretty much talking about all things being an influencer and content creator conversations like this we have um, for an hour every day. It's me, uh, my friend Kaylee, who owns a influencer agency for micro influencers based here in Canada. She works with amazing US and Canadian talent. And then also my friend Austin, who is a full-time content creator based in New York. She has a background in a magazine publication and yeah. And she used to also work at Jump Rope, which was a startup that has now, their team has completely transitioned to the LinkedIn division, creator division news, (laughs) right? So you can find um, me on there and, you know, I'm currently, as I said, the, um, the podcast is coming back next month and also I'm going to be bringing back the blog I've just been redesigning it and just re uh creating um influencer content for the blog because a lot of people ask me these questions and I have you know little episodes here YouTube video here that people can go to but I know people have more specific questions so I am going to be introducing a whole like category on my blog dedicated to the business of influencing and pretty much being a content creator where I'm asking answering those questions that I hate to get but I understand where people are like well how do I become an influencer and it's like ask me something more direct but I've already written that blog post and it's actually really funny but it's pretty much all those um, steps to kind of I don't want to say held your hand but pretty much you know guide you through the process because a lot of things have changed from 10 years ago it's an ever-changing industry and that's going to be like a key page that people can always go to that I'll be consistently updating. And I am working on some digital products, paid products for people to use like templates, um, how to create a media kit and things that are a lot more hands-on and detailed because look, I'm your girl, you know, I'm not going to hold out on you. There's enough money for all of us. And then the last you, place you heard this me. episode, Tanisha did not hold out. Tanisha did not There's hold nothing. Back. So imagine this is what I'm giving you for free. Imagine what I'll be giving you paid services, honey. <laughs> there is definitely more to learn. And then the last place you can find me is on TikTok. I've been doing a TikTok challenge this month of October with two of my girlfriends. Um, and I've been posting on TikTok every day for the month of October. And two days ago, one of my videos actually went um, viral and I got Wait, was this the Kravis video? yes it's at 220,000 <laughs> views <laughs> I'm oh, like how did this happen in one day like I love it it's because so it it's was Kravis girl it is but you know what it's also I think thinking of like those um content pillars 
social commentary and pop culture commentary is something I thoroughly enjoy. I have something to say about any and everybody, okay? And I've always wanted to create like content on that and I didn't know where. And I think TikTok is my avenue. So it was my first time posting something like that on there. And the fact that it blew up like that just instantly, I'm just like, oh, baby. The people want it. We go and people want it. People want it. Those are all the platforms you can find me on pretty much everywhere. And if you guys have any questions, feel free to send me an email or a DM on Instagram. And, you know, I can help you out if it's a quick question. If it's something longer, I do do one-on-one influencer consultations for an hour. Oh, yes. Love that shit. Yeah, those are paid, honey, though. Okay, because, you know, time is money. Time is money. (laughs) Listen, I'm so happy that you came onto this. Thank you so much for all of your time and for just being like real like we didn't even have questions for this interview it was just like a candid conversation about money and I think more people need to have conversations like this because you learn so much I think society has conditioned us that like we can't talk about how much we charge we can't talk about how much we make we can't talk about these things and especially women I think we need to stick together and like have these conversations because they are insightful and they are really helpful and some of you are going to walk away from this being like oh, wow, I learned so much about how much I can charge. And apparently I can charge more. And these are all the things I need to include. And that was the whole point of this episode is to help you. So thank you so much, Tanisha. And let me leave you with this, why it's so important for us to have these conversations. So I have a contract that I have to submit today that I'm redlining and they accidentally left in the information for the previous uh, influencer who I'm familiar with um, in there. They didn't edit it. And- She's getting paid a little over $2,000 less than I am for the same content, the same scope, everything. And, you know, I'm, my following is a little bit bigger than hers, but it's not a crazy difference. She signed to an agency. I'm not. Yeah. So this is why we need to have these conversations because when I saw that, I was like, why they got the wrong numbers in here? And then I kept looking at it. And I was like, this contract's <gasps> not even for me. And I was just like, Ooh. I felt bad because I'm just like, charge more, darling, charge more. So yeah, we're going to leave you guys with that. <laughs> wow, you made it all the way over here. You got some fucking tea. And that's on period. Thank you so much, Tanisha, for coming on Kindly Gifted. We love you so much. And well we'll have to do another episode because there's no way this is gonna be we gotta do so many episodes girl call me anytime honey (laughs) yes you can find tanisha on every social media platform in the world because she's dominating the internet and i will be linking all of them in the description box if you're seeing this on youtube and in the show notes if you're listening on spotify apple or everywhere podcast stream so thank you again tanisha and we will catch you in the next episode of kindly gifted thank you when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for tuning in to Kindly Gifted. To support the podcast, 
please leave a review, share with your friends, and don't forget to subscribe. Make sure to follow me on Instagram and TikTok at KateMob for more creative secrets. And don't forget to say hey. See you on the next episode of Kindly Gifted.